Macedonian Project Update, Week 1, written by Scott Young, April 2020. So last week I spoke about my goal to learn my wife's native language, Macedonian. And today I'd like to give a few updates for you if you've been following along and as well as some tips in case you'd like to attempt something similar with your spouse or someone that you live with. How is learning at home different from travel? So the overall process for learning Macedonian has been in many ways no different from the one Vat and I used several years ago when we were traveling. In some ways, the project is actually a lot easier. Being at home in a familiar environment has fewer unanticipated problems than kickstarting immersion while you're already on the road. So in Brazil, for instance, Vat and I spent the first two weeks trying to find a place to live. So after we got out of a bad Airbnb reservation, we spent our days wandering around the town repeating, Estamos procurando un apartamento por dois meses. Okay, needless to say, such travel hiccups cut into your studying time. The major way that my current project is harder, though, is simply that I haven't come back on my work, so my studying is entirely in my free time. That's not a major setback, but it might stretch out the learning process longer compared to when learning was my full-time obsession. Some thoughts on the Macedonian language. So Macedonian is harder than Spanish, but easier than Chinese, and within that range, it's probably closer to Spanish than Chinese for difficulty. A major challenge I had when beginning with Chinese was simply the fact that each and every word needed to be learned pretty much anew. Going from English to most Western European languages, in contrast, gives you a lot of vocabulary for free. So the word creativity in Spanish is creatividad, very similar. Creativity in Chinese is xing, so not quite. Macedonian certainly has more cognates with English than Chinese does. So, for instance, it's creativnost is creativity in Macedonian. But it also has tons of words that differ, which are, which are cognates in the other Romance languages I know, such as Spanish and French. Grammatically, I'm getting off easy with Macedonian, as it's largely dropped the complicated Slavic case system. The major grammatical complications I'm dealing with so far are clitics and the fact that most major verbs have two different forms depending on which verbal aspect you have, perfect or imperfect. So far, the progress feels more like Spanish than Chinese, so I'm optimistic about having reasonable conversations on restricted topics by the end of the month. By then, my wife and I will make a decision of whether we want to continue the immersion another month or even longer, or take a breather. So let me give some advice to other couples or roommates who may be attempting this kind of immersion at home challenge. It's been really great to hear from several couples who've already told me that they plan to try this, and I know some have even started already, and I hope others are going to try it soon. So having had some experience with this no English policy in the past, I'd like to share some advice. First, you don't need to be that good to start. Uh, one reader wrote to me how surprised he was at how much he could communicate, even though his objective ability was quite bad. I think most people grossly overestimate the linguistic ability needed to start applying the no English rule. The truth is, you can get by with zero talking in many situations. So Google Translate plus a patient partner is more than enough for most situations. Now if your feeling is, I don't think I'm ready for this, then I suggest shortening the commitment period to one week. If you can get through the first week without a breakdown, you will be able to get through all of the other weeks. Two, it's as hard on your partner as it is on you. A mistake is thinking that the project is solely pressure being placed on the learner. After all, you are the one who needs to absorb all the new information. 
But in truth, whomever you're also speaking with is also going to have his or her communication interrupted. That person is used to speaking with you and having you understand everything fluently. To suddenly drop that ability is challenging, even if it may not involve that person needing to learn new words. I'm really fortunate that my wife has been very supportive and helpful, but I also try not to make it needlessly harder for her. So the strictness of the no English rule should be placed on the learner, not the other party. This is in part to allow the other person to translate important things, but it also acts as a pressure release in case there is something important to be said and you're just not understanding it. Three, it helps to study too. So I make a big deal out of immersion being a good learning method, and it is. And for most people learning a language, it is often very much what is missing that would enable them to be successful. But once you have direct practice as a foundation, studying the language can be quite helpful in accelerating the process. Grammar study, for instance, is often quite helpful because it's quite difficult to deduce what are the formal rules for speaking in the middle of conversations. Vocabulary acquisition similarly can be aided with flashcards to augment the words you pick up as you learn them. In my opinion, harder languages benefit more from this act of studying time. And this is because the more difficulty you have juggling everything in a live conversation, the more help you'll get from doing drills to work on components in isolation. So for me, Chinese benefited from studying much more than Spanish because with the latter, I didn't find it too hard to pick up new words in real situations. Whereas speaking Mandarin in the beginning, it was often painful to even say a single sentence and be understood chronic amnesia for the first week experience. So I always somehow forget how tricky it is to start speaking a new language. The first week I start speaking it. And having done this six times now, you'd think that it would be impossible to forget. But instead what happens is that you get consistently better with the language. Eventually it becomes pretty easy. And now you can't remember not being able to speak it reasonably well. It seems that it almost erases your past memories of being really bad with it. So the upside of all this is that if you can push through the first few weeks, it really does get a lot easier. Even one week into this new part-time project, many aspects of our daily communication have become much more fluent. So there's still a long way to go, but no doubt I'll soon forget once again what it was like to not be able to speak it. Thanks for listening to this episode. More episodes like this can be found by searching for Scott H. Young Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Overcast, and most other podcasting apps available on your smartphone. If you've enjoyed this episode, please consider rating my show as it helps other people find out about it. More of my work can be found on my website, scotthyoung.com. Thank you.